0: Today, I'm hanging out with Jean Retram. She is a dance studio owner who owns not one, not two, but three different dance-related businesses. She has been in this industry literally her entire life and has a lot to say about what it takes to be successful. Let's check it out. This is Dance Business Daily, a daily podcast where you can always find real talk with real studio owners, where we'll share best practices, success stories, and actionable insights, so we can all get a little bit better together. I'm Bryce Conlon, and I'll be your guide. Welcome to the show, and let's get into it. All right, so what is it that you would do if you were in charge of a 74-year-old studio? if you had the legacy of a 74-year-old studio. And on top of running the studio, you also ran a actual like dance apparel shop where you could buy shoes and clothing. And on top of that, you were in charge of running a, uh, a, a nonprofit business that puts on three professional shows a year. Well, today we're gonna talk with Jogene Retro, and she does exactly that. And I'll be honest, Jogene, I am exhausted <laughs> just hearing about it. How are you today?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Sometimes I get tired too thinking about everything that I did. And you don't think about it. You just do it.
0: I I am amazed. I'm I really <laughs> truly am amazed because I I am not the most organized person in the world for those who know me. And so keeping just three businesses straight would be a taxing and overwhelming ordeal. But I would love to hear a little bit. Just jumping right in about your primary studio, the Monona. Uh, Academy of Dance. Can you just give us, because I know there's some serious legacy built in here. I'd love to hear about how you got into the dance business.
1: So my mother, when she graduated high school, she didn't know what to do with herself. She asked her mother what she could do, which no one does that anymore. Her mother said, you know, I think you would be a good dance teacher. So my mom listened to her mother and she had danced a little bit, but not a lot. So then she went off and she got some training from you know another studio, and then she opened up her school. And back then, you know, the she had her sister play piano for her classes. She traveled all around. She grew up in the little town of New Glarus, so she traveled to different communities and taught dance. And then um, she got married and she had two kids. My father is a farmer, so I grew up on a farm, and my mom knew that in order to uh, keep the school going, she didn't really have a lot of ballet training. So she made sure that I had really good ballet training. So every summer from sixth grade on, I lived in Chicago where I studied with a very prestigious um, ballet studio, Stone and Cameron School of Ballet. And I felt like I had the best of both worlds. I lived on a farm, it was awesome. Every summer I got to go to the city and learn all about that. Um, So it it was awesome. And my mom kept teaching as finally, you know, got phonographs and carried the records and everything to all around places. Um, She was very, she would not move her studio into a community that had a dance school. She would wait until that teacher retired and then she would move in. I mean, there's just, you know, there's not that kind of respect anymore. You know, everyone just, oh, I'm gonna open up a studio across the street, doesn't matter my mom was not like that she was very respectful and you know she trained me like that then i went on i studied in new york um and then i was very fortunate um the milwaukee ballet was in with the university of madison milwaukee at the time and i started with the company almost right when it started so i got my degree uh, in interarts ballet and dance theater and music in the summer, I got to work at a Summerstock melody top theater, did over 50 musicals over 10 years. So, you know, I got the ballet wow. world, I got the musical theater world. I mean, it, my life was awesome, you know? And then it got to the point after I graduated, my mom wanted me to come and help her teach. So I did, and that's really when we opened up our main studio in Madison. It was in a little, little suburb, Monona, so we called it Monona Academy of Dance. Um, because before it was Jean's school of dance and it was joe and Jean's school of dance because my mother's name was Jean. so that's really how it all you know got started
0: wow so did i hear at the beginning of that and because you kind of slid it in there but did you did i hear you say that your mom realized because she was not trained in ballet mm-hmm. that she realized that right. if she was going to keep the studio going that she needed yeah. to really train you from an early age. Did I catch yeah. that? Yes. Yes. So your mom yeah. was thinking legacy from the jump. Like this was not just yeah. a quick business. This was like, I'm building a legacy here. Yeah. That's fascinating. Why, Um, what motivated her or inspired her to do that? And I don't know if you can answer that question, but that's a really interesting thing.
1: Well, her mother was very smart. She started two businesses, you know. So your grandmother. So my grandmother, yeah. Oh, wow. Mhm. She was she had a jewelry store and she had a dry cleaners plant in the little town of New Glarus. So, you know, we have a lot of work ethic in our family. So, I don't know if mom got it from there. I have no idea, you know, but she just knew that's what I needed and she was going to make sure that I got that.
0: Wow. So you come from a long line of entrepreneurs as well. So this is just <laughs> kind of baked. It's baked into your DNA at this so. point. Yeah. <laughs> interesting by the way if you i don't know if joe jean if you're a beer drinker but if you are a beer drinker new galaris (laughs) makes some there's a brewery (laughs) up there that does make some really good beer and i think (laughs) it's like the only place you can get it is right around new galaris you can't get it they don't ship outside state lines so if you're ever in wisconsin i'm just (laughs) i'm just gonna float that idea out there i like wine but that's okay that's well that's all right so fascinating so so you grew up literally you were raised into this business which yep. I think is fascinating um You've grown up in it. You've you know, continued to grow the business. You come from entrepreneurial roots, which explains how um, I always tell people that if you're an entrepreneur, you're signing up for punishment, like endless punishment, <laughs> right? Because right. you ride the highs <laughs> and you, you feel the lows in a very, yeah. in a very real way. Um, and small business ownership is entrepreneurship. And so it explains yes. why you've got your hand in three different businesses. Congratulations mm-hmm. on that. Thank you. But you, you have a kind of an interesting problem. Uh, You mentioned and I think it's fascinating because I've never heard it put quite as distinctly as you you stated it and it's that you have a commitment to excellence in your studio Mm -hmm. and in the way that you train the kids and I'd love to hear about you know training them properly and why you do it that way but also the problem that that has created for you.
1: Well I mean you know ballet is the foundation of all dance so you know everyone I encourage everyone to take ballet, but you can just come in and take a tap class. You can take hip hop or whatever, because we offer everything. Because I feel a dancer needs to be well-rounded. You need to know everything in order to, you know, get a job. There's no no company in the world now that does just ballet. They add contemporary, mm-hmm. New York City Ballet even did a tap piece, you know. So you give a, it's a disservice to your student if you don't train them in everything. I had a I had a girl once and she she was she quit everything but just did ballet because that's what she was going to be. She got to New York and she was too tall, so she went to a, a a musical audition, and she got the job. She was in Will Rogers Follies. She did all those Broadway shows for years and years and years and years. So if she hadn't she thanked my mom for teaching her tap because that's how she got her job. So that's really important. You know, when I, even my team, they have to take everything. So, because you don't know, you know, what a child's going to end up doing. And then if they quit something, then they're, they're done. So, you know, I just really encourage that with my dancers. Um, you know, I, I, I understand if someone doesn't want to, that's fine. But um, many of my dancers have gone on to be professionals in ballet companies, Broadway, the Rockettes contemporary companies, um, associate director of a big ballet company, you know? So I feel like very blessed to have yeah. worked with some of these people.
0: Well, clearly you're doing something well, but the, the question for me, cause I, I imagine that from a parent's perspective, I have a daughter, she's seven. Um, she loves to dance. She walks around the house. She's constantly, um, singing and dancing and you know in her princess fairy dresses right like like many seven year old girls right and she kind of fits right. fits that mold pretty well um and we have her you know right now in a dance class and it's purely it's just recreation it's just fun and so i i wonder like as a parent because we're in chicago so your studio th- it would be a three hour three and three hour and change drive for us um if I walked in and I saw all like these photos of famous people on the wall, the question that would go through my mind is, is this like a super serious environment? Is it all like stressful? Is it like competition all the time? Because I just want my kid at this point to have fun. Do you, how do you balance that expectation because while you're pre- while you're preparing them for a professional career if they want one, most parents aren't walking through the door saying, I want my kid to be a professional dancer. I just want to right. get him out of the house on, you know, Wednesday evening or whatever. Well, I mean, we're not
1: that? a we're not a big competition studio. I mean, I do maybe two competitions a year, but we also do a lot of performances. So my main company does a fall show. We do nutcracker. And then usually in the spring we do another full-length ballet. Um Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, or, you know, so that the kids learn about the different um, ballets. But I mean, our classes, my staff is um, really, um, a lot of them grew up with me so that they know what I want the children to do. We have fun, you know, we, we play freeze dance, we do all that kind of stuff. But then as they get older, you know, we focus on, you know, like their technique, giving them performance opportunities. Um, But we we have lots of fun. Some of my kids do high school stuff. It's not like you can't do something else. But then there's other kids that are really, really focused. So I, you know, really spend more time with them. I had a girl move from Chicago to study at my school. She lives with her grandparents now so that she can get the training that she knew she wasn't getting because she lived too far away from the better schools in Chicago. Her parents couldn't drive her back and forth. And she's going to be really good. So she just has something. You can see, you know, that passion and the desire that um, a dancer has. It's so. interesting
0: that the idea of spotting talent. Like I was just thinking about it this morning, actually, when you know an actor or a singer, performer, dancer gets their first real break. We call that like discovering. Like we've they've been discovered. And the irony is that there are people all along the way who are seeing that talent and nurturing that mm-hmm. talent, right yeah. in that child, adolescent, early adulthood, um, to help them become who they are to get that big break. Um, mm-hmm. But regardless of whether or not they're going to go on to, you know, dance superstardom, I know that it's important to you to kind of develop the human side of the child so that everybody benefits from.
1: Yes. I tell all the kids that I'm teaching you life skills. I'm teaching you how to how to get a job, how to present yourself, how to stand there nice and talk in an interview. So it's not just about doing a dance. It's about what you're doing with the rest of your life. And I have many alumni that come back and thank me, You know that this was the most fun time of their lives, um, was dancing and doing the different productions. And I even have some of my adults in the Nutcracker they were my dancers when they were younger, and they wow. just want to come back and have that same feeling again. So,
0: That's yeah. amazing. So what does that feel like for you? Because again, we're talking legacy business that you inherited. You are, you are in many ways raised to inherit. And how does that feel knowing that you you are yourself in the work that you're doing are creating legacy within these kids and now adults as they've grown, gone on to create their own lives and families and and careers. What's that feel yeah. like?
1: I mean, it feels really good. I don't really think about it that much because I'm too busy doing <laughs> other things. But no, I feel very appreciative. I mean, even you know, it's like last year with our Drosselmeyer, he was, you know, not not well. And I'm going, I don't know who's going to go in. And my son, who's a professional golfer, says, Well, I can do that because he danced till he was almost 18 years old. So I was like, okay. So even this year, it's like, I don't have a lot of boys all of a sudden. I used to have a ton of boys. And so, you know, he's back doing Shanae turns and and he's showing his wife last night. I'm going, oh my goodness. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's something that really made him a better golfer. I know parents don't understand, you know, it's like dance and ballet can help your kid in sports so much so yeah
0: it's it's funny uh some friends of ours they have a a son he's probably 16 or 17 now and just he's a dancer he's a ballet dancer that's kind of his thing and they went to um the mom is a friend of ours and she was telling the story that they went to like one of those what they call like a parkour um, like the free running where it's like acrobatic running. You run and jump over things. And and so they went. To, he went to one of these places with his friends when he was younger. He's the dancer. They're not. And they were all into this like, you know, macho American ninja warrior thing. And he wasn't because he spent his time in the studio. And when mm-hmm. it came time for him to do – they were struggling with it. And it came time for him to do it. And it was – effortless like he just made it look easy because the balance was there the core strength was there the coordination was there the timing was there it was all Mm -hmm. just there for him even though he had spent zero time preparing for it because he had spent a lifetime in the studio learning balance learning posture learning to maneuver his weight and become aware of his extremities and it's just one of those stories that like yeah ballet could help you at basketball or it can improve your golf swing you know just the Mm -hmm. same fascinating so when you think about you know you've been in business a long time right and in second generation now because you know if you Mm -hmm. think that then it's been your entire life you've been part of this business right if you could kind of go back in time and give some advice to your earlier self and i'm gonna leave it open usually i tell people like when you first got into business but in your case you've you you were in this your whole you know your entire right. your entire life when would you go back to and what advice would you give oh <laughs> i didn't see that one coming uh-oh
1: <laughs> well i mean there was a time you know the one thing you really have to have good people around you have positive people around you and there was a time When, you know, I didn't always have that. And, you know, I learned to move those people out of my life. Mm. And I've always been a very um, trusting person. And I've always trusted people probably too much. Because it came to the point where, you know, I was artistic director of the company that I started 44 years ago. And I got fired from it and i thought these people were my friends and they weren't and you know it was really really hard because i had worked my whole life to make this organization and i lost everything my mom had bought the costumes and sets we lost all of that i but i didn't lose my studio because that was mom's and mine and i didn't lose my dancers because the dancers loved me and knew that I was there to help them. So, you know, I lost money, but, you know, as a teacher, that's not the most important thing. Most important thing is guiding these children to have a better life, whether it's a dancer, a teacher or whatever, whatever they want to be. That's the most important thing. And that's what I'm proudest of for, you know, my students, all of my students. Is that they become better people, better people in our society to make our society safer and and better.
0: Wow. There's a lot there because we're dealing with human beings, right? And right. I think it's fascinating because in your in your answer, while you didn't say it directly, you have pointed to almost the dichotomous nature of what it means to be human, where mm-hmm. on the one hand there was trust and built in was betrayal which is ugly and horrible and mean and in in just nasty Mm -hmm. and on the other hand you told the story about but my kids came with me because i'm in their corner Mm -hmm. right which is relational Mm -hmm. and it's beautiful and it's Mm -hmm. so you've you've kind of painted the entire spectrum of what it means to be human in your answer Mm -hmm. which i think is a very wise i mean very wise perspective um It's interesting. So, so if you went back in time, would that advice be to be careful of who, you know, of who you trust? Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. I'm a little more leery now, but I'm still very trusting. I mean, it's just in my DNA, you know, that's just how I was, you know, brought up and, you know, when you're, when you grow up in, in the rural communities, that's how you are, you know, you don't, you don't lock your house you know my brother still doesn't lock their house on the farm you know you're you're just very trusting of everyone so yeah. so that becomes hard yeah but i have good people around me now that really help
0: so tell me about good people because that i think is fat i'm always amazed on these con- i mean i'm not really amazed i'm if i'm being honest people always comes up team always comes up on yeah. these calls and everybody always says the same thing make sure that you have good people around you, what is a good person, a good person in your mind?
1: A good person is a very is an honest person, a person who is sincere, a person who really wants to help the children help, you know, the studio to build it to be, you know, a a great um, place to be for young people. You know, I mean, when people come in, I, I feel that they love being here that we're a friendly place. Um, my teachers are all very caring and nurturing to our students, um, you know, that, that kind of thing. And, and that's where I really look for in my students. I mean, in my teachers, I have a lot of, I never got so many resumes as this past year, people looking for jobs and they were some good people. So I wanted to bring them in to nurture them to make my school bigger and better.
0: That's fascinating. Makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, I'm guessing then those things are also the way that you choose to live your life. Those are the values that you are showing up with generosity, kindness, putting others first, right? All of these sorts of, and those are the people that you desire to be around. Makes sense to me.
1: You know, even when Um. I, over 10 years ago, I had breast cancer. I'd never been sick a day in my life ever. You know, my mother had every kind of surgery that there was, you know, and I was just grateful and thankful that, I didn't follow in that, but even when I was going through chemo and everything, I made sure that my students, they didn't, you know, suffer for anything. We still did our show that I promised them that we would do. Um, my teacher stepped up and and helped with everything. So, you know, took quite a few years to recover from that and feel good about, you know, myself again and helping my dancers.
0: You, Jojean, you are just an amazing woman. I mean, I, you've, I mean, you've been, I think, I've been through right? everything.
1: <laughs> well, that's,
0: yeah. isn't that what the, the, somebody, a mentor of mine used to say that experience is what you get mm-hmm. when you don't get what you want. <laughs> yeah. You know? And the longer we live, the more experiences we have, the more disappointments right. we, you know, encounter. Um, but I, I, I just genu- genuinely am really inspired by um, your perspective, the way that you're showing up and just, you know, making the best of some, maybe some, some lemons Mm -hmm. making your lemonade and really um, being thoughtful and compassionate to the people around you in the process. And it's just very clear to me that, I mean, I'll be honest, I kind of wish we'd lived in, you know, in Madison, (laughs) because I think my daughter would really enjoy, really enjoy your school. Um, Thank you. Because I can tell that you're, you're about so much more than just the dance. Correct. You're really about the person on the other end, which I think is right. spectacular. Wow. Thank you. Well, if you could give one piece of advice to you know, a studio owner right now, you know, because there are there are people who are listening to this and they're in all kinds of different places. Some of them are just starting their businesses, right? They're just getting started. They're coming out of a pandemic. They've lost their jobs, livelihood, careers. And I mean, we've talked to studios who literally Started in a garage during the pandemic, and they're growing, right? We've talked to other studio owners who have been in business for 35 years, right? Mm-hmm. When you think about all the lessons that you've learned, from watching mom to doing it yourself to to running your own studio, the nonprofit Dance Wisconsin, and then also, uh, you know, being, really truly being a successful multi business owner, what would you say?
1: Well, you to me, I never stop learning. You know it's like i never thought i would be teaching on zoom and i probably wouldn't have but my office manager i mean just the next day we were on zoom teaching all our students and i mean that's what i feel is really important um i jo- I've joined several other organizations so that i continue to learn and even learn more about my business you know it's like well how much money do you make on your costumes <laughs> i had no idea That wasn't important to me, but I understand it's important for my business. So now, you know, we're working a little bit more on that. But that's what I feel is really important for people. You know, it's like I never feel like I know it all. You know, it's like I'm always learning, learning from the kids, I'm learning from other teachers. I just want to soak it all in so that I'm able to be a better teacher, a better mentor for my students. Wow that's what I feel people should do.
0: Never stop learning. Right. All right. Well, Jojean, we are at time, if you can believe that. I want to just say thank <laughs> you again for um, hanging you. out with me today and sharing some of your story, because it really, truly is inspiring. Um, I'm sure that there are folks who are going to be listening to this, and they're going to want to connect with you. Uh, how can they do that? How can they get in touch?
1: They can just email me, Monona Academy of Dance at gmail.com. Easy enough. Yep. It's very easy.
0: Awesome. Well, again, I want to say thank you to Jojine. Jojine, really, truly, I am just inspired by your story, by um, really more than anything else, just your um, maybe attitude and demeanor and the way that you're showing up in the world is beautiful and lovely and inspiring. And I can't thank you enough for taking some time to share that with us. If you are inspired by Joe Jean's story and you want more inspirational conversations with studio owners just like yourself, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Or if you're on YouTube, watch some of these videos here.